Hello and welcome to the Next Steps podcast from Citywide Baptist Church. My name's Matt. I'm one of the elders at Citywide Baptist Church and we're recording this podcast on Monday the 18th of October and it'll be available to listen to on Wednesday the 20th of October. Anne? I've got the um, honour, the privilege of um, doing an acknowledgement of country. We're here because of God's grace, and it's through God's grace that we acknowledge the First Nation peoples on whose land we meet. We acknowledge their care of country, land, oceans and waters. We acknowledge elders, past, present and future. We acknowledge past injustices, and we also acknowledge the need to work towards reconciliation with and through Jesus. Thanks, Anne. So yeah, this is the Next Steps podcast. This is where we like to wrestle with and just grapple with the stuff we talk about on a Sunday at church to go a bit deeper in and uh, to try to get better understanding. Uh, Joining me today is Mitchell from Citywide, one of our youth leaders. We've got Anne, a member of our teaching team, Pastor Dan, and Matt Garvin, our senior pastor. Um. We had an unusual service this week. Uh, Matt Garvin, can you tell us uh, what did we talk about this week in the first half of our message? Yeah, it certainly was an unusual service. Uh, and uh, I was, had the privilege of hosting the service from Bendigo. Um, uh, but uh, we were connected across Southern Tasmania uh, and and we're still living uh, even as we record and think about how we move forward, living with some levels of ambiguity around uh, COVID. I, as I speak to you, I'm speaking to you from an Airbnb in Bendigo, still trying to get back into the state. So COVID's still affecting things. Uh, but we picked up again on our sermon series uh, and we've been bouncing off this diagram that starts in with a focus on Jesus and then reflecting and then we were talking last on Sunday about what does it mean to recognize the truth that the Holy Spirit is trying to help us uh, recognize I I started by quoting uh, the passage from Hebrews that I actually think probably is the best encapsulation of the spiritual life that that we at Citywide aspire to, that I've come across in the Bible, where it talks about, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. At Citywide, we really believe everyone has a a race marked out for them and that it's Jesus marking out the race, but that our task is to be open uh, to his direction, his leading and to throw off all the stuff that gets in the road. Uh, And as part of that, we need to learn to recognize the stuff that gets in the road. We need to know what is the difference between the truth and the the not truth. And we, I I threw up briefly the, the belief tree again and how that sort of shows that, behind our actions and even our thoughts and what we actually believe and and talked about that uh, Paul very clearly teaches that for all of us, there is at least two sides. There is 
the the side that uh, loves God and is created in the image of God and is beautiful. There's also what he calls the flesh, the part that is uh, not that is, the part that is self-centered, that wants to minimize pain and maximize pleasure. And and our beliefs are shaped by both sides. And so when one of the one of the real fallacies in the modern world is that somehow you just got to be true to yourself because the reason that's the, the reason that's a fallacy is that there's more than one you uh, and it's which self you're going to be true to is actually what we're talking about and it, and that's why we need the holy spirit to come in from the outside and uh, and help us discern truth and we pointed out that in the book of john the what the Holy Spirit is saying, the, the, Jesus says of the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit's task is to help us uh, recognize truth in John 16. And the, and the way it works is you have these moments where you go, ah, these aha moments where, the, where they call it a gestalt, uh, where you just go, oh, I see now. And, uh, and I, I think really this thing of recognizing is recognizing these moments where you start to discern the truth from the not truth where you start to see the world differently and so and we uh ended by getting dan and i helped facilitate a conversation online which was the first time we'd done it quite that way of for people who who had those aha moments and how it worked for them that was so that was the first half of what I was trying to communicate in the, the first half of the message, which uh, we had some technical difficulties. So at least the audio came through clearly, although I, I can hear this very echoey room. My audio is not brilliant at the moment, but at least the audio came through clearly enough uh, for the, for the sermon. So people could hear what I was trying to say. I think. Mm. Uh, it, 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 it sounds great, uh, but it's also hard to picture sometimes how this stuff can look like in real life um dan what would be what, what does an aha moment look like in in practical practical real life yeah yeah and i had the honor yesterday of kind of reading out a few of um different people's aha moments and um just thinking through my own kind of time i mean there's there's been probably a few but uh definitely i think this diagram i'm putting out about how we are to reflect on things and then recognize what is god saying to you and that well um when i was doing my ministry training i i felt there was a moment in my reflection that what what is my relationship to god to jesus to the holy spirit i i kind of feel like a lot of people and yeah this was my experience anyway we can kind of wrestle with with what do those relationships look like and so uh, I recognize that I, I wanted to spend some time understanding that, that who is God the Father and, and that he would call me his son and, and Jesus, our, our mate, that, that he relates in such a way of friendship and for the Holy Spirit to be a guide. And, and so to then come to that realization, it was that, aha, oh, this is how this relationship works with, with God uh, through Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And, and it took yeah, reflection and reckon, uh, recognizer to recognize then that yeah, this is something I, I wanted to learn about. And, and I think I can look back on that moment and, and have more clarity as to my relationship with God and, the, and intimacy and, and connection. So I think, and I think there were similarities yesterday of people sharing those moments too of 
of either being out in the bush, which I can relate to as well, or uh, realizing that my parents don't have it all summed up. Like uh, there's different, for different people, we all have these moments of going, oh, actually, um, yeah, what might the Holy Spirit or what might this moment mean for me to change going forward? Um, which don't want to spoil where the rest of the series is going, but yeah, this is a step in that direction. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Um, and I don't know if you have any thoughts about how, how do we how do we listen well in these cases? How do we actually re- recognize this stuff when it's going on for us? Well, um, I think I, I did speak about this in my message yesterday as well, and it's about how how we pay attention or not. And I used the example of being in conversations with people and sometimes we're, um, we can be listening but only half listening because we've actually got a whole heap of other stuff going on in our heads um, at the same time. And, uh, and that kind of is as important to us, if not more, than what's going on in the conversation with the other person. And... Um, and we can actually find ourselves adrift, if you like, in that conversation, that we've actually missed important parts of it. We've failed to recognise um, the importance of things that have been said to us. Um, like with my husband, he might be talking to me and he'll stop mid-sentence and just say, Anne, what did I just say? <laughs> and... Um, Quite sheepishly, I usually have to um, acknowledge that I haven't really listened at all and I really can't reflect back to him what he's been saying. And I think recognising um, what God's Spirit is um, wanting to reveal to us um, is similar in the sense that we, um, we need to actually be paying attention. We actually need... We, we actually need to be in a, and that's where reflection does come in and putting ourselves in places where we can be able to listen. But even then, we can still have lots of busy stuff going on in our heads so that even in a quiet place, um, we may fail to recognise what's being said or just you know, miss the whispers. Mm. I know, um, Matt, you often over the past few years have talked to us about the importance of things like quiet times, journaling, all that kind of stuff. Um, I just wanted to see if you wanted to tease that out a bit. Yeah, look, absolutely. I don't know if you can recognise the voice of the Holy Spirit easily without creating the space we're talking about when we talk about reflection. And there's just not... like. Certainly for me, uh, it's so easy to get swept along by life just to go from one thing to another, to another, to another. And it is so easy just to fill your head with doom scrolling on Facebook or Instagram or something and, and, and just always keep having inputs coming in without ever taking the time to stop and listen and discern which of these inputs are healthy and which aren't. And, and if one of those inputs is the voice of the Holy Spirit to actually be able to say, okay, what are you saying? Uh, and so I, I don't think very clearly the Bible calls us to have a Sabbath, to have time off. It calls us to, to engage with the word, spend time in prayer, to live a life where we can stop and listen. And 
And I, I think it's in that context, then you can start to recognize. Mitchell, um, yeah, this all sounds really good. Um, but from a practical sense, like, how do you experience this? Are there ways that you've found in, in your day-to-day that, that help you be able to reflect and listen better to the Holy Spirit? Mm. I like that idea of day-to-day because it is day-to-day for me. I sort of, I, I actually got baptised, you know, I think June or July this year and um, something made people laugh was that I had a, a dishwashing moment in that I was just doing the dishes and through that, I just suddenly broke down crying and um, I just felt the Holy Spirit and God say to me, you know, I'm here, I've got you, you know what you need to do. And, and that was to be baptized. And that was so clear to me. And it just came from doing such a simple, normal task. Um, but I think I often hear the Holy Spirit and just other regular things I do. I might go for a walk as Dan has, you know, stated mm. before, um, even around a campfire or something i've just heard something and it's been a revelation that you know god is there for me yeah um it it is really interesting when we have one of these moments um it can be really life-changing i mean i I know reflecting back myself like um the first time i became a dad the first time i took my little baby son out just me and him and, and just having this realization this this yeah, it was like an aha moment about like, wow, you know, um, this, the, the way I feel about this little baby is, you know, that, that that's kind of like how God loves me, except he loves me more than that. You know, it really, it actually completely changed the way I view God the Father. Um, and then as he got a bit older, you know, you, you look at how your children can frustrate you sometimes or disappoint you sometimes or, or whatever. And you sort of think, wow, again, you know, that's how, that's probably how God feels about me sometimes. And again, it completely changed my relationship. Um, Matt, sometimes these moments can be life-changing and other times they're, they're sort of just like Mitchell said, part of our day to day. Yeah. Like a, people sort of tend to can can expect to have that sort of mountaintop experience where where everything changes for them but life's not always like that is it no and i think partly uh we kind of expect god to come in some big lightning bolt that takes our responsibility for the relationship away yeah i mean things are so um um, unambiguous that we don't get to make a choice anymore uh, and I, I don't think that that's what, how God relates. I think the Holy Spirit is talking all the time. Mm. And, and, and I think there is so much other noise in our life that the, the, the real task is to recognize the voice uh, because it's there, but there's other voices there as well. There are other drives you have. There's other other you know even your rational brain and trying to work stuff out for you there's a whole whole lot lots of other voices coming and the task is i mean the mountaintop moments are beautiful when they happen but but it it is interesting that the apostle paul talks about it's time to grow up and 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 eat meat Uh, Mm. stop needing someone to feed you he's saying stop stop looking for your mother's milk time to move beyond the breast milk and, and move to steak 
uh, where you, you have to chew things for yourself. And, and I actually wonder if the, the looking for the mountaintop moments is, is actually uh, a, a wanting to stay immature, a wanting, uh, a wanting for someone, for God to be the big parent in the sky that takes our responsibility away from our own lives. But I, I, yeah, I do think that there is this ongoing task we have to recognise the voice and to, to separate the worthless from the precious. Mm. And I think that's, um, that, that's a really good point, Matt. And people might be asking, well, how do, how do I recognise what's worthless and how do I recognise what's precious? Um, even as I, you know, how do I make sense of those voices, those different voices? Um, and sometimes I think um, that's, that's why like God's word and other people who are faithful to God are important because they become um, the, we can actually test those voices against what we know God has um, already revealed to people through his word, through um, um, our, you know, people who are spiritually, you know, we can recognize the spiritually mature and that's not to mean that they don't get it wrong either because they can and they do. Um, so, which I guess is why community matters, being in mm. community. Um, yeah. Because we can't always work it out on our own. We can recognize, but then sometimes we can second guess whether what we've recognized is real or mm. not yeah dan did you have something to add yeah i think just picking up from that talking there a second ago about mountaintop experiences and um you know my experience with that i mean i i love getting out on on mountaintops and seeing the perspective but i certainly when i when i take people up there i say the same thing we're not up here to find or meet god he's actually with us on the journey like that, that's where i find more where i'm i'm praying or talking to god is more trying to get up the hill or or um in, in talking to the group uh in that experience and i just was thinking as as matt was saying that i i wonder if that's a little bit like life in that actually that mountaintop experience comes in hindsight um i feel like usually we see what god has been doing or orchestrating um in hindsight and and that can create that kind of aha oh i see now what god was doing uh here um yeah that was just a thought that came as, as matt was sharing Mm. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Mitchell, how do you how do you react to this this idea that um, you know what we, what Dan and Matt have been talking about? How we can't always be expecting that sort of big mountaintop moment. That a lot of the times it's sort of more quiet. It's more subtle. Does that ring true to you? How do you feel about that? That completely rings true to me. Honestly, I think something that was actually holding me back from becoming baptized and actually taking my faith more seriously was that I hadn't really had that big mountaintop moment and that's what I was expecting was to happen and I thought is this sort of a thing is this real or I don't really get it but I've noticed over you know years of starting to take my faith more seriously it is more the the day-to-day -day. it is more the struggle but he's always there for me in mm. what I'm doing you know I'm in the journey and yeah, I've found that to become, yeah, very true for my life in that way. Hmm. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. Um, 
So, um, Anne, you actually uh, delivered the second half of our message mm-hmm. on Sunday. Would you uh, mind sharing with us uh, a bit of a summary of what you talked about? Um, yeah, well, I guess there were um, two verses that were particularly key as I began my message. And one of them was from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, which was is the one where um, God promises um, that he has plans for us. Um, for those who love him and uh, they are good plans that the plans are not to harm us um, they are to help us and um, I also talked about how when Jesus came he came that we might have life and have it in abundance that's what drives God that's what he wants that's when he when he wants to reveal things to us it's because he has plans for us it's because he wants life for us and um, us to live fulsome and productive lives. And um, the other uh, verse was from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. I haven't got it in front of me. Um, about no, and where Paul says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived what God has planned for, prepared for those who love him and um, you know that is the spirit of God that reveals the deep things of God um, to those who love him Um, and I really um, I really love that and I sort of played with that whole thing through my message and I used the example of the crowds that came to Jesus and how um, there were many different kinds of people who were in that crowd with and they came um but and they all heard the same things they all saw Jesus do the same things but that didn't mean that they all recognized what that meant they Mm. there were um there were many who didn't recognize him as the son of God they didn't recognize the truth of what he was saying or um you know the life to which he was calling them and so I, I asked myself and those who were listening, well, why? Why couldn't they recognise? And it had to do with why they were there. It was their motivations um, because, you know, some came with a bit of self-interest. They, um, they wanted perhaps to be healed or someone they loved to be healed, but they actually didn't want anything more that Jesus had to offer. So they weren't really listening to the other things Jesus was saying. Um, Some were critical and hostile. And so really when they were listening, they were listening to pick him apart um, and to um, destroy what he had to And then there were others who were curious, but they were just plain sceptical. And I'm sure (laughs) there are many of us like that when we hear um, God's word um, or people talking about God's word and their faith and then there were others who were inspired but and, and they did recognize the truth but they um, weren't quite sure what to do with it and I think there's a lot of us who can be like that but there were others who they just I can imagine them they were there and they they listened intently and they watched if they watched um, intently because they were hungry they were hungry to see and they were hungry to understand and they were hungry to 
to hear. Uh, did I say that already? I probably did. But um, and when they didn't understand, Jesus was happy to take them aside and unpack it a little bit more because he knew that they were hungry. He knew they were truly seeking and that they, they truly wanted to find what he was offering. And the question is, which kind of person are we when we come mm. to Jesus? And at different times in our lives, we might be any of those particular people in the um, and uh, but where God wants us and, and what the spirit tries to wants to build in us and can create the desire for is that hunger and that thirst to seek and to find because Jesus says when you seek you will find and when you knock the door will be opened and if you ask you will receive what I have to offer and he said you will be blessed when you hunger and thirst for righteousness for you will be filled and so um, it was really around that, but also that on our own, um, it's hard, it's difficult to recognize everything because these are deep things of God. No one can fully understand the thoughts of God, um, which go, which is what Paul went on to say, um, that we can, you know, no one even knows the thoughts of each other, really. It all happens sort of internally. Um, and therefore, how can we possibly know the thoughts of God? And it says that the spirit knows and the Spirit reveals. And Jesus said, as Matt has already mentioned, he sent the Spirit to reveal the truth, to lead us into relationship, to guide us and to guide the body of Christ, um, to be the, the body and the community that um, Jesus wants us to be. Mm. Um, but I do think it's important, and that is that we've been talking a lot about um, recognizing God's plans for us um, but I do think some you know when we truly when we pray um, he is um, not just wanting to reveal things that are relevant to our lives and how we live our lives he's actually wanting to reveal things that are relevant to, to his purposes in terms yeah. of his will his kingdom and um, there's a song that I've just been thinking about of late that I believe God's laid on my heart, and it's a prayer, break my heart for what breaks yours. And um, I think the spirit lays that on us. He can lay us, he can say, I, I've got, I, the spirit can lead us into things that are important for building us up because relationship with God matters to God. But he also cares about this world that he created and he cares about his kingdom and increasing his kingdom. And there, are, I think we also need to be willing to hear that sometimes he'll have a message for the churches. Like when John was on that island of Patmos, the spirit came and revealed things to him. And they, were, um, they weren't specifically for John, they were for the churches. And that, and they they are and they um they came in visions, but they can come in other ways. And I'm just, I just want to remind people to keep an ear out, an eye out, for when the spirit is wanting to um, just remind us of what breaks his heart, mm. and 
um, and how does and that he may want to give us insight into how we share that with the Christ community, um, so that we are all built up um, into the body of Christ as the, as Christ wants us to be. Hmm. So, yeah. Thanks, Anne. There's a couple of really interesting things in there. And the first one that I really want, want to particularly throw to Matt and Dan, um, this, this illustration that Anne used of the, the crowds who came to Jesus, it, it seems to me an interesting, almost like a microcosm of what a church community is actually like. Yeah, these different kinds of people who are in different seasons of their lives, who are after different things. And how do we how do we how do we meld all those different kinds of people into some sort of a cohesive community? One and and also how do we make space for people to be where they're at? Mm. Well, it's interesting that because Jesus didn't this double edged thing where everybody was welcome to be there, but their focus wasn't interesting enough. It wasn't on the on the crowd, it was on Jesus, uh, and and Jesus was there is a, there's a kind of approach to church that they call seeker sensitive, which mm. is about saying things that won't offend people and and doing things that will help attract people so that you can grow the church that way. Um, Jesus wasn't that. I, I, the first person that comes to mind is the rich young ruler, who was part of the crowd and was attracted uh but he loved his money and he went away or the 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 pharisees and the sadducees they had their own agendas everybody came as they were but it was only those who could have their agenda set by jesus that ultimately would stick around in the long run so they they didn't come to be part of the crowd they came to jesus And, and i think that's what it's a great it's a great metaphor and and uh, and a great illustration. I don't know, uh, Matt, through to both you and I, Dan. So I don't know how you bounce off yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Some words, like you say, that with that kind of attraction culture that, that maybe we don't use much in churches is that submission and discipline. Like they were two words that, as we've been talking, have kind of popped up of of that. There's so many voices out there and crowd wanting to dilute the voice of God and 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 take our attention away from actually submitting our lives to Christ and, and recognizing his place in our life um, and that takes discipline sometimes to to hear that that voice and, and I know as I look at, at myself and and other people as they wrestle with that it's sometimes we can be too disciplined and think that the only way to center our life on Christ is to follow a tick box plan of, of how I should lead my day. And others uh, just, you know, more on the grace of, of God that, that uh, he's with me in all things and, and somewhere in the middle. And that's where I think Jesus, you know, the focus is on, on Jesus that, that um, yeah, he, he just wants us to come. He just wants us to, to listen. And um, I think, yeah, sometimes discipline's a part of, of that and, and we all wrestle with, with what that means for our day to day. And and as we come on a, I mean, it's not just a Sunday, though, is it? It's it's more than that of when we gather uh, to focus on, on Christ and and um, 
we each have an individual part to play in that, but we also have a congregational part to play in that of, of um, yeah, recognizing who Jesus is and, and, and yeah, having each other's back in supporting us in that as well. I think there's, there's mm. something there in that. Yeah. 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 So um, Mitchell, we've got Matt and Dan here talking about how, you know, we, it's not just about our individual stuff. There's, there's a corporate aspect to a community. There's, 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 um, you know, we, we have broader responsibilities to, to, to that community than, than just what's going on for us. Um, now I'm just wondering, like, how do you respond to that? Um, yeah, I think we absolutely do have responsibility to our community and our church community. Um, I think for me, I really sort of align with just, as Dan was just saying before, as in just being there with people and helping them through things. Um, I think that's a huge one for me in that, yeah, I really, I feel like that's, I don't know if it's my calling, but I feel like I'm really uh, passionate about just people and being there for people and uplifting them in uh, not only just life and being a friend, but also in their Christian journey as well, or their faith journey. Um, mm. So I feel like just taking the time with people and uh, really encouraging them in their faith and uh, their possible pursuit for, for Jesus in that. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. Um, another thing that really struck me in what Anne was saying was about how God has plans for us. And, and I always find this really interesting because I find myself at the moment, I'm a, I'm a full-time student, I'm nearly finished with my studies in Bible college. And I've had a lot of people ask me recently, oh, what are your plans? What are you going to do next year? And I try really hard not to make plans. <laughs> And the reason is because I, I know there'll be my plans. They won't necessarily be God's plans. And there's a tension in there when, you, when you're really wanting to serve, serve God and you're really wanting to follow. There's a tension in there, Matt, between how much do we, do we wait and how much do we actually strike out on our own? And how do we find a balance there? Absolutely. Uh... And I, I think this is sort of what Mitch was saying earlier. It's, it's, it can't be either or. It's, it's like that. Whenever we're striking out, it's like Jesus is with us on the journey. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think if we, like Mitch was saying, if you wait for the mountaintop moment to set things up, it's, it, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm. Uh, there is something, and, and someone once pointed out, like it, we're a bit like sailing ships, and that. A ship, a sailing ship has to be moving in order to be steered. You yeah. can't steer a, a ship at rest. Uh, someone, someone, Seneca said, a, a ship in a harbour is safe, but that's not what ships were built for. And, mm. and, and so we need to invite God into the steering process, but he can't steer if we're stuck in a hole waiting to be, start moving. So, so I think we need to move but allow him, and this is where making the space through reflection and then recognizing his voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, and everything else. And, and it won't always feel amazing. Like it, it won't always, it, often it'll feel incredibly normal. And sometimes it'll be 
God inviting us to do things or head in directions we're not particularly keen on. Mm. Uh, but it, but it is this this process of recognizing the voice and 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 uh, allowing Jesus to influence the direction of our choices and 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 also sitting with like for your instance with the like if you don't have an answer you don't have an answer yeah you know, you know and it's uncomfortable like I, as I sit with you right now I feel uncomfortable because I want to be back in Tassie but there's a whole lot of things that are out of my control including right now uh, as we record this the premier is giving a speech that will have an impact on whether i get to come back to tassie or not this week or when uh and and i just got it there are some things you've got to just trust into god's hands Mm. but you do do what you can do and you get moving Um, can i add to this um yep i'm in fact i was thinking about this earlier today um there was some time ago in my working life, I knew that where I was was no longer the place for me. And so I, um, and that it was time to start applying for new jobs. And I put my applications in for several jobs and I got an interview for one and that all went rather well. And then I had an interview for another one. And while um, that second um, process was running its course I was offered the, the, the first job that I went for and there were certain things in the interview that had just set up a couple of little alarm bells for me and I was also wanting to wait on the outcome of the other process and so I just said um, can you give me a couple of days and then I did get off the other job which is I know that's not something, an experience that everybody has. And, um, and I, uh, uh, but what it did, it put me in a predicament. And I, I swung for a couple of days. Oh, and I'd be saying, oh, God, where would you like me to be? Where would you want to use me? And I kind of swung to this job. And then I swung back to the other job. And I, I thought about a few aspects of it. I'm thinking, oh, maybe it is this job. And then whoosh, I swung <laughs> back. And this kept happening. Through the days, I'm thinking, where's God's voice in all of this? How come I can't recognize where God wants me to go? What's and it? Um, I was driving down Hobart Street, and there was this um, poster outside a church, and it said, um, "It's faith is about taking the first step." And I thought about that in relation to me, and if you like. That was, again, that kind of jumped out at me. I guess it was the spirit just giving me a little bit of a a hint. And as I thought about it, I thought, ah, okay. In this particular case, it just kind of settled in me. Either of these jobs is going to be okay. God will use me in either of them, my skills and my experience. Um, And as far as he's concerned, I've got what it takes to make this decision. And... um, so take the decision and then take a step of faith and believe that God's got you where that God will work with you wherever you whichever one you take and um I finally did make the decision and then it went from there but there was a step of faith that had to be taken um it, uh, and and uh, and I and as Matt said there were processes there were some thinking processes that I had to go through and um and 
God doesn't expect us to work. You know, he does give us a brain and he expects us to use it and do some planning and that kind of thing. But he does give us, you know, he does want us to be discerning. And sometimes it is just the faith that we just need to take. And um, in that case, it certainly was. Mm. And, and, and Dan, sometimes he'll close, sometimes God will close doors for us. He, he will. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Anne just um, spoke next week's sermon on choice. That's, that's where I, I was thinking. We've, I have a few young adults that will come and um, ask, yeah, what decisions should I make and choices should I make? Um, and yeah, I think God's with you in those processes. But yeah, it's helpful when when god just slams shuts the door that's that's good as well i i think yeah for for us as a family trying to um, discern the process going forward and and recognizing what god has been doing in my life um yeah he opened the door and and also made it clear that it was right to finish up at, here at citywide so yeah i think um yeah that it's helpful i think when, when the spirit definitely guides you in that way of closing doors and opening the others but that's not always the case and that's that's what i'm actually keen to talk a bit more about next week with with our choices and and um yeah how god is with us in that journey and it's not always about again the mountaintop clear decision mm. yeah. mitchell we've, we've we've talked a lot about just here about making plans um deciding things for your future, having faith and all of that. How, as, as, as a young adult, how, how, does, that re, how does that sound for you? Uh, very relevant. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, especially before going to uni and stuff as well. Like I thought that that was a huge decision. Like, what do I do? I, I'm, I'm open to be going to TAFE or going to uni or doing whatever I want, but I, I didn't have a clear indication. And I prayed and prayed and I, I never got that. And I found that really frustrating because I was honestly really hoping that I'd get that and have that, you know, clear closed door thing, as you're saying, and open another one for me to go through. Um, but I found that as I was praying and stuff, I did make a decision and it's been a fantastic decision. Hmm. And God has followed me through with that. And um, yeah, it's, I've gone through annoying times like at the moment I'm going through exams and if you can't tell I'm totally tired but um, <laughs> I'm still enjoying it and I'm still um, thankful that I've made that decision. Hmm. Yeah great so next week we're going to be talking about choice. Um, Matt and Dan uh, you're going to be uh, delivering our messages next week. Um, tell us what we're going to tell us what we're going to hear. Give us a preview. Uh, well, I'll let Dan do the bulk of the talking in this. One of the one of the main charges levelled against Christians is hypocrisy that our actions don't match our words. And, and fundamentally, uh, well, Jesus said, "If you want to know whether what I'm saying is true, do it." Uh, but there is a, there is actually a connection between action and understanding, uh, and so we we need to. What does it mean to make choices? What does it mean to actually choose to do something, to, to, to move beyond the realisation to making choices? And choices inherently limit our options. When you choose one thing, you're saying no to something else. So, and, and this generation really doesn't like to limit options as part of the challenge. Um, so... Uh, I, I'm looking forward to talking about, okay, this, and this is really where the rubber hits the road, Dan. 
I, I don't know how you bounce off it, but I'm, I'm pleased to be able to get into this kind of conversation. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. I think it's where we really, um, we're defined by our choices. And I, I think that's what I'm still teasing out as I, I'm coming to this Sunday is, is that we see all through the Old Testament, people's choices and what has the good and the bad and the ugly. And then I think when we get to the New Testament, we see Jesus saying, you know, kind of responding in a sense of, of, of choice and, and wanting you to, to follow him, but, but at the same time, honoring those that choose him. You know, we get so many examples of people coming to Jesus and he says, by your faith, by, by your, you know, your actions, your, your choices, uh, you know, you're healed or you're forgiven. And, and I, I'm just getting a sense that maybe forgiveness is a word too, to, yeah, as we look back over our choices, that, that maybe God wants to say there's, there's forgiveness there and there's always a, a chance to repent and to turn to him. So um, I think that's at the moment what's stirring on my heart to do with this Sunday as we look at choice. Yeah, thanks, guys. Well, this has been the Next Steps podcast. I want to thank all the members of our panel for joining us today. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, please uh, like, share, comment, review, send us your questions. Uh, we, we, uh, we really want to hear from you. Um, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll be back next week.